Welcome to the first episode of Zeroing In, a podcast where we take a look at a subject and discuss its past, present, and future here in America. This podcast is hosted by myself, Daniel Grupas Holland, and we'll have a special guest each time. Today, we'll be discussing the lengthy history of public transportation in our nation, how Americans have gotten around, get around, and will get around in years to come, and all the connotations that come with the past, present, and future. But before we get into things, let's introduce our special guest on the podcast today, Alex Franklin. Uh, Alex is a junior at Palo Alto High School in Silicon Valley, California. Welcome to the show, Alex. Thanks for having me. So let's start by going back to the beginning of public transportation history in America, all the way back to 1630, according to transit.gov, all the way back to the reported first publicly operated ferry boat in Boston. So even since the beginning of our nation, people have been, you know, inventing commercial solutions to get around. Um, But I think you guys all knew that. Um, Anyway, public transportation morphed into horse-drawn carriages, which were vital to the operation of many cities. If you look at any old picture, pretty much, you're probably going to see horse-drawn carriages all over the street. Or if the picture was between 1830, when the first first streetcar line, first street railway line was invented, you're probably going to see streetcars. So pretty much between from since 1630 or 1730 all the way until, as we'll discuss, you know, 1920, either horse-drawn carriages or streetcar lines really dominated this the skyline, or not really skyline at this point, but the street line, uh, really dominated the street line of pretty much every city. So, you know, it's pretty different from now when you know you're only going to see cars on the road um and let's really go into depth about why that happened so first of all automobiles had not been invented yet automobiles came into the scene pretty late considering the first electric streetcar was invented all the way back in 1830 um it's pretty crazy to think about isn't it alex i thought they were around for longer exactly it's crazy that cars have haven't really haven't been around for that long in terms of commercial success where i mean because cars i mean the cars were invented in 1886 but i mean the model t was 1910 or so so you know um ford in the 1920s so it really wasn't until the 1920s um you know only a century ago you know, cars were really dominating the landscape in cities. And that's, you know, so when my grandfather was growing up, cars were a new thing. I mean, um, now that we have electric streetcars, you know, I think that electric streetcars were very good. It made the ability to have suburbs because, of course, the speed of transportation was vastly improved since the horse-drawn cart. So the first suburbs were able to be created that were still connected and it pretty much started the commute for the majority of people, which is, you know, something we take for granted today. Um, so electric streetcars were pretty much the only way to get around faster than horses for so long. So, you know, they track was laid super fast in almost every major city. And I think it's really interesting to think about now. A new streetcar project is seen as, you know, a big investment by, you know, a municipality. Meaning a metro, meaning a city government, 
whereas back in the day, track was laid down like magic. It was just laid down and laid down by, you know, companies because that was what was in demand. So I think it's honestly crazy things that we could have done now if track was laid down as fast as it was back in the day. But, you know, we'll just, we'll come on to the future. We'll come on to the present and future later. But, you know, electric streetcars rapidly spread across the country. They were extremely efficient. Um, and they didn't really have much competition. I mean, a lot of streetcars now, I mean, I'm sure, Alex, you know, you can see streetcars, they get into trouble with cars. You know, they have to wait at red lights just like everyone else. Imagine if they didn't. Well, then it'd be buses. Well, we'll come to that. Um, but there's not really a... Here's the difference between track and between streetcars and buses is that people see street people see trains just any sort of train people see it as so much more important if you know what i mean than a bus do you know what i'm saying alex no like people see it as just more more permanent because it can't be moved yeah like if you see a business if you see a track on the ground you're like oh look i can ride that train you know what I'm saying? And you're like, it's so much more like in your brain. And I think people really forget that. They're like, we can just, why do we need streetcars? We can just use buses. And, you know, the statistics really are in favor of the fact that streetcars are really good for economic development. I mean, when I, I mean, a lot of places come to mind in San Francisco, especially where you have a business district with a streetcar. You know, how convenient is that? Isn't it, Alex? Just to have a bunch of like businesses and a streetcar line running down the middle of the street. It's so convenient. You can get wherever you need. Yeah, it's true. And it's like in between. I feel like, well, to me, it's kind of like like in between both of those things. Because it's not like you have to have this whole, like, like a train track is like super separate. And it has to have like a special like, you know, station. And it ha it's like, there, exactly. you have to put a lot of room for it. It's and, so like, flexible. Those, yeah, and like versus uh, the tram, it's just like right there and you can hop on. Which Exactly. Is it's so flexible. It's so flexible, but it's un it's permanent enough that people see it and they're like, wow, I can ride this. You know, I can just hop on and ride this. And I and it's statistics show it's so good for business. Putting a streetcar in an area massively increases the business value and the property value of places. You know, some people will say, oh, gentrification is an issue. You know, it increases, maybe. Wait, it increases a value? Of, of the businesses. Like, so the what, businesses that are near a streetcar, that are near a tram line, like a track on a street, um, they, they get way more people going to the businesses. And the houses that are nearby, the houses are worth a lot more. That's what the statistics show. Yeah. But the problem is that the streetcar lines are so expensive to build and uh, nowadays, but in the 1800s, you know, they were being laid down so easily. So it's, it's like, you know, why is it so hard for us to build them now? If it was so Probably easy back then. Because it's too expensive. But we could do it so easily back then. It's kind of crazy. Also, what's hard too is that there also wasn't as many cars probably yeah. at that time. And now we have to probably shut a lot of roads down in it to construct all this and it would really interfere and take a long time because there's so many people on the roads that um, it would really change people's like it'd make it harder for a while like it'd be a big project would be the main problem I mean you know we can I think an interesting thing to talk about now is one of the reasons why 
it's so big of a deal to build all this stuff and to think about the issue is that ever since 1920, all of government officials have put all of their time and effort into building roads. You know, you had the Interstate Highways Act and pretty much just all interest in public transportation just completely fell off. And for a multitude of reasons, we can go into that next. But between 1920, since the invention of the automobile, first streetcars were turned into buses. And, you know, a lot of that was because of lobbying. So companies like General Motors and things like that, they even bought streetcar companies and they turned them into buses in order to promote their buses and things like that. And when you think about it, you're like, oh, you know, buses buses should be fine. But it just kind of shifted cities away and it just kind of shifted into the motor age, which, and once you start tearing tracks, you know, the fact is that tracks were torn up from cities. Like people were just like, we're never going to need this. And now there's this been this boom recently for light rail, which is, you know, it's the modern term for streetcars. And people are like, we want light rail. It's good for business. You know, it looks good for a neighborhood. So, you know, people want it now and there's new projects going in. And it's like we had this in the 1800s. It's kind of a crazy story of like, why do we get rid of it? And I think a lot of us don't think about the fact that we were more advanced in this capability than we are now. It's like we had better public transportation 100 years ago than we do now. And, you know, people are okay with that. And it, it's kind of a, a story of what could have been. You know, it, it could have been better. It could have been better. And I think it's important to think about why exactly in between, you know, 1920 and, you know, the 70s or so, why exactly people didn't want to use public transportation. You know, of course, the automobile may be more convenient, but I think there's also an element of racism and classism into it. What do you think about that, Alex? Do you think that people didn't want to ride on public transportation solely because they didn't want to ride with people of a different economic, like a money level or different race as them? Um, yeah, depending on the time. Meaning in the, like the 40s or so, 40s, 60s time period? Yeah, I would say so, definitely. You know, I think that it's really interesting because in, you know, before that time period, before the automobile was invented, it was the great equalizer. You know, whether you're rich or poor, white or black, you rode on these streetcars, you rode on these, you know, carriages. It was just something everybody did because there was no other option. You had to share, you know, and I think now we kind of take that for for granted, that, that fact that it was kind of a great social equalizer. And I think it's still prevalent in cities like New York City, you know, somewhere where I grew up. Um, and the fact that, you know, people of all different areas, they ride the subway together and, you know, because it's just faster. And I think that if we can make it that way, people will we people will go to it and become a great social equalizer. And I, think, I just didn't learn about any of this well, you stuff. Didn't like, I never it. knew. You didn't use public Yeah, I know, but, you know, I didn't learn this in school. I didn't learn this. Um, I just didn't learn this anywhere from anybody. Of, I think it's gone an, worse. you know, I think it's an important part of U.S. history that we let cars, you know, we let the car, and I think it's also an important thing to think about how the car companies were the ones behind this, and they were the ones who told the government, you know, we want this because the fact is, right now, it makes sense why people drive cars. It makes sense because our world and our suburbs, especially you know, living in a, in what is considered a suburb, Palo Alto aren't built for public transportation, it's built for cars. You know, new developments have circular roads and things like that, which isn't, it's mostly good for cars. And, you know, you can also think of them as trying to keep people out. Yeah. So, you know, in the future, 
we can hope that this will improve and it are i mean it already is statistically yeah. ridership is increasing you know yeah. we can hope that these things will improve and that public transportation will improve and i think that it can provide social change as well as health change i mean you do walk more and burn more Definitely. calories can i add another comment yeah go ahead um, also, I think like as cars became more and more developed, it was always looked at as such a good thing and like, oh my God, you know, um, uh, new inventions and technology, you know, it's great. We have, um, you know, all these this, nice yeah. things and it was always looked at as a good thing by advertisements. It was always looked at as a good thing and promoted as a good thing. Like, I don't think the only problems were not really no problems that I learned about had any effect on other transportations. Like I, when I was learning about these type of inventions, the only problems I learned about with um, cars and like these type of technologies was that um, they were either just like that they, I just didn't learn about how they had any effect on um, public transportation. Like I never learned that. It's always promoted as a good thing. And even today it's still like, now it's like, oh, we have electric cars. So now everybody should go out and buy these. But these the are problem so with electric cars is they don't save us any space. There's still single people driving in a car. They don't save us any space in cities. And I think that as our population grows and as our cities, I mean, in the Bay Area, we have a major housing crisis. You know, we have a major thing of, oh, you know, we don't have enough space for everyone. So it's like, what are we going to do? Well, electric cars aren't going to help us with that. They're just going to make our cities more crowded, you know, meaning we can't, the roads are going to be more crowded. So I think that there's a lot of things to consider going into the future that yeah. cars may not be the way, you know, even electric like, cars. I, mean, I just feel like there's a lack of knowledge about these kind of things because I feel like a lot of people just don't know ab ab like how um, severe like these problems are and how, much worse is gone. I feel like because of all these like great things that are available to us, it just seems like, you know, everything is so much better than back then. And, um, we just see everything now as being better to a lot of people, but I feel like people yeah. in this sector, we don't know, you know, maybe I think you're right that people always idealize the future. Well, not always, but in this case, people's teams tend to technology. If people look at a Tesla right now and then look at you know, riding a tram back then, most people are probably going to choose the Tesla over that because it's more luxurious. It's, um, you could travel in a nicer, um, electric car, you know, that's, it's, people are going to prefer that over the tram and they're going to think, you know, it's a lot better, but it's only better for themselves to have that luxury item, but it's not helping. It's causing a lot of other problems that, um, aren't really, I guess, considered or thought about. You know, we could go so much more into depth, but I think it's time for the next episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.